welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi and welcome to the Wildlife Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me Kat and today I have a new co-host. Welcome Dina! Hi! <laughs> Lovely to be here! Sorry Liberty! Uh, no, <laughs> You're out! Good of you to fill in actually. Um, it's nice to have a co-host, nice to have someone to talk to and um, help meet our guests. Um, so, you know, main thing in the news at the moment is people taking trips. Summer's here, people have gone away, and you've just come back from somewhere and you're quarantined now, aren't you? Yeah, we're in day three of our quarantine after just coming back from Spain. And unbelievably, we were actually in Catalonia as well, which is the, I think, the highest um, risk area. So, yep. We're just, we're ticking off the days as we're stuck inside, so. How are you finding must, it? Um, tricky, tricky, to be honest. Having an only child and trying to entertain her and wanting to get on with stuff is super tricky. Um, relying on food shopping deliveries and neighbours who have all been lovely, dropping things round, but yeah. We've, we've farmed out the dog because we can't even go and walk the dog. So I get it. I get it. But yeah. it's, it's still quite painful. <laughs> so, well, you've still got quite a long way to go, haven't you? So you've got another, what, 11 days? Yeah. Uh, so I've planned a picnic for Sunday, the 23rd of August, so that we can celebrate our release from captivity. So about the weather here, I mean, you had hot weather in Spain and now it's absolutely boiling in the UK. And yes, I am going to complain because I am boiling hot. <laughs> British, we've got to talk about the weather and we're now going to moan about the fact that it's too hot and we're melting. Sleep, isn't it? I can't sleep. It's, it's absolutely awful. We've got fans on. The thing is, in Spain... Um, we've got air conditioning, so it was like 37 degrees some days. I think it got up to 40, but you can go into a freezing cold air-conditioned place and just sort of, oh, luxuriate in being in a fridge. Whereas here, oh my goodness, we're, we're, we're melting. I am literally melting as I'm talking to you at the moment because I am in the loft of my house. And oh my God, I was like, open the windows, open the windows. That has not worked because there's no air actually. Everything is totally still. And I'm, yes, I'm complaining again, but it's, it's just, I can't. I'm like, it's not hot flushes because I've already been there. It is actual, you know, I, I woke up this morning with my face flat down and I was like, I don't want to turn around and look at anybody. <laughs> what a lovely image. So I think you and I were talking about the other week about eating habits in lockdown, weren't we? And how everybody has uh, fallen off the rails or actually some people are completely opposite, done really well and you've seen them, but other people are just like eating out of boredom. And, you know, um, I actually walked into a cafe this morning and I, I saw this mum and I was like, oh, hey, how are you? She's like, I'm good. I was like, you know, how's your little girl? She's like, we've all got incredibly big. <laughs> like what and she was like yeah we just have eaten we've been bored and not done much um and I think that has been kind of a bit of a UK-wide problem if people haven't got out um 
I think I've eaten yeah. quite a lot, but then I'm offsetting it because I do love to do exercise, you know. And I think I have still managed to get a bit tighter into certain trousers that I've refused to put on yeah. anyway. But um, it's a thing, isn't it? Definitely. And I'm one of the ones who struggles with boredom and definitely eats more. And also, for some reason, the exercise has gone a bit awry as well. And um, we were saying the other day, my, my daughter as well, she's only seven, but I've noticed, you know, she's bored and she's sort of attacking, helping herself to the contents of the fridge. And, and some days, and it's satsumas, but some one day she ate seven satsumas. I know that it's a satsuma, like me. but it can't be good. It still can't be good. So I'm really interested to talk to Kirsty this morning and I've just stolen your thunder. <laughs> no, well, this is great because actually we're introducing our guest for this week, who is the lovely Kirsty Harrison, who is a qualified nutritional therapist and mum of three growing boys. Kirsty, mm. welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's really nice to meet you. Um, the interesting thing with you is that you've actually been on the panel for quite a while, haven't you? But I have never actually spoken to you till today. No. Hello. It's a bit of a long time, but it, no, it's great. It's really nice community to be part of. I love it. Oh, good. Uh, you've got some, and I feel like I know you actually, because I feel like you have got, you've got a really nice Facebook page. Your Instagram's really, it's all really nicely informative without being really pushy. I like it as well because it's really honest. Um, you say when you're having your fish and chips. I think you had yeah. fish and chips the other week, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think, you know, for um, for people who don't want to feel like they're feeling guilty all the time, I think that you you what you display is actually what people want. It's not threatening to them. It doesn't make people feel bad. Um, you're all about balance, aren't you? Very much so. I think like you were saying just a minute ago, actually, in your introduction, there is a lot out there at the moment in the news about people who have eaten too much or people that are, ex, you know, like you were saying, like the ex people feel like they've eaten over a lockdown. But actually, I think that's probably completely normal. I mean, I don't know what else we would be supposed to do in, <laughs> in such a like people are going to eat a little bit more because they're in their house more and it has been hard to move but i think really the important thing is not to feel bad about it at all there's no no one needs to be feeling guilty about this it's just sort of take each day as it comes and get through how you can but yeah i'm all about balance i don't think it's the, i think as soon as you restrict things um that's all you'll think about and i know that because if someone says to me you can't have chocolate it's all i'll think about <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Because it doesn't work with me. <laughs> That's why I'm all about balance. <laughs> but as well, the government put out again last week, the government news was about obesity again, and they keep mm. bringing that up relating to COVID, don't they? Which also they then starts to scare people, doesn't it? Yeah, and it does, and it makes them feel, it makes people feel ashamed, I think, as well, or work really worried, or I don't think that's how you get the best from people. I think there's got to be a better way. I mean, if, if it is a concern, then yes, it does need to be dealt with, but not the same, not the way it's currently being done. I don't, I really don't think it's uh, very helpful at all. I don't think people should be being, um, you know, made to feel that their weight is going to give them more of a chance of getting COVID. I think, yeah, I think it just needs to be dealt with better. Also, on the other hand, they're all encouraging us to eat out the government, of course, as well, aren't they? And giving We're giving us you a discount for August. Yeah, <laughs> giving you a discount on meals out, which isn't really, <laughs> which is all very nice. I mean, I've, you know, I've been quite enjoying the meals out, but um, you sort of, it's very contradictory at the moment. So can you tell us what um, led you to uh, your career today? Because it all starts with your family, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. I started in oh, quite a few years ago now. One of them, I've got twins that are nearly 16, and one of them developed quite severe psoriasis. And the NHS were amazing, and we saw them, it was quite bad. It was all over, particularly in his hair, um, and he was very aware of it. And I just thought, the steroid creams and they wanted him to use the sunlight lamps and you know the very extreme lights and things and I just thought there's got to be a slightly better way there's got to be a more natural approach and it's not something I'd ever considered before but I think when it's your maybe of time then I thought I'll just do some research yeah and I realized if we mixed up his diet a bit changed a few things around um and it pretty much cleared up um so then I decided to retrain after that because I thought I found it really interesting and fascinating um yeah that is really fascinating, actually, isn't it? Because yeah. I think, you know, that's the thing with going to doctors sometimes. It's a medicine, isn't it? Rather than yeah. looking at what it is your actually your diet is. Um, yeah. And that, you know, it has to come from somewhere, doesn't it? It, it does. And I just guess we had, they, they were great at, like, like you say, just putting a plaster over the situation. And they were giving me anticorticals, big steroid, strong steroid creams and things. But I kept thinking there's got to be something that the root cause has to be something. And so we just played that and we changed, I mean, he didn't like it so much because we did have to restrict sugar quite a bit. And um, we'd switched out dairy, not forever, but we switched out dairy for a while. And that really, really made such a massive difference. And he very rarely gets flare-ups now, just when he's stressed occasionally, but not, yeah, not very much. And we know how to deal with it. So yeah. So did you do like, is that like the elimination diet then to do that? Did you have to take- Yeah, we did, but well, I, I pretty much tried sugar first, um, not completely, because he was only little and I <clears throat> didn't want him to you know, feel like he was being really deprived. And then we played around with um, removing dairy after that. And so I really didn't have to go too far. They're quite common in that particular with psoriasis anyway, um, which I'm sure you uh, know. But the, um, yeah, so we didn't have to go too far, but we did then do a bit of repair work on his gut. Um, sort of some probiotics and, and then he was able to have dairy again back into his diet so it wasn't forever um he's quite good in that sometimes he'll suddenly decide he doesn't want butter for a while and so that's almost to me like his body telling him that he doesn't yeah shouldn't be having dairy if you see what i mean so he's quite good at spotting the signs now as well and restricting and changing his diet up to get him the results that he wants Oh, that's um, interesting. So then you said also it was kind of for you also, you were having horrendous periods at the time, weren't you? <laughs> My diet was terrible. And I don't think I really realised how bad it was. I mean, I knew I was overweight, but I didn't My skin was really bad. My hair was breaking. Like my nails were terrible. I just, <clears throat> but I didn't feel, I just thought it was Part of, you know, my hormones after having the kids, and you know, I, just, I don't think I even really thought about it. My periods were horrendous. Um, yeah, and when I, after I'd sort of worked uh, with Jacob's psoriasis, I started digging around a bit for me as well and realised that there was an awful lot that I could do to change up how I felt as well. I noticed that actually a really few small changes, like massively reducing my caffeine, I and mean, I still do have coffee, but massively reducing it, working on my stress. I mean, there were so many different things did actually make such a massive difference to how I felt. Um, yeah. Because anxiety has a lot to do with that as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, I grew, I grew up in Devon with a big drinking, but we were a big, you know, we're very social and a lot of big drinkers, and we just all ate crap of, and drank beer quite a lot. Cornish pasties. Yeah, any pasties. Yeah, <laughs> fish and chips all the time. Like that was like, and I worked in various bars and things when I was younger. So my night, probably my 
um, you know, I wasn't sleeping very well. And yeah, just a cycle of bad habits, really. But no one had ever told me that it would be, could be possibly affecting my periods or it could possibly be affecting, you know, I'm, yeah. So yeah, now I know. <laughs> now I'd like to share, share, share what I've learned with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, actually, because you recently ran um, a menopause workshop. They did. Um, which, actually, Dina, you found quite interesting, didn't you? Because you're all on that subject at the moment. <laughs> I think I'm sort of prime perimenopause sort of mm-hmm. um, point in my life. And I know that diet can have um, a big a big factor in it. Um, but it's just it's often making yourself make those changes. So I'm really interested to hear, like, how did you make yourself make those changes? Or do you not think you were emotionally attached to some of the no, bad I food? I definitely am emotionally attached. I'm a definite comfort eater. I think it's, I take everything in really small steps. Like I don't try and change everything all at once um, because I think that's a bit overwhelming. Um, and not people give up. And I know that because that's what I would do as well. So I tend to just try and make really small changes over a period of time. Because then almost if you make small changes every day, eventually it leads to one big change and you haven't really noticed it as much. So I think that's what I was doing. And also it was my sleep and sort of anxiety, I think, which probably didn't help because of lockdown either, that I noticed first sort of with perimenopause. Um, and I thought to work, to work on my sleep, I do need to start thinking about reducing the, my caffeine and eating, maybe stopping eating earlier. And, you know, there's various small changes. But I just sort of, and I also focused on sort of one thing at a time rather than everything mm. all at once. Yeah, because sometimes people just go all in, don't they? And then <laughs> yeah. they fail and then they give up on the whole lot. Yeah, whereas I think that's sort of really detrimental because it sort of puts you off ever trying again. Um, And you can get, it doesn't matter how many times you sort of fall off, (laughs) fall off trying, just keep trying. But so there are some people that sort of throw everything at it and see what sticks. And I don't think that's a very good approach. I think just to really try gradually to make the changes and you'll realise you start to feel better without you even really having to think about it. Yeah, the crazy thing for me is that when I've done things, I'm a bit like Kat described that sort of all or nothing. I've gone full in and, you know, and I feel fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Like, you know, cutting, even juicing or detoxing, I, I feel absolutely fantastic. But it's it's very all or nothing. And then when I stop, I stop and I really stop. Yeah. I I think I need to work on that sort of small, small changes yeah. type approach but it, going back to the menopause and things like you know what happens like dropping in estrogen and um and our hormone levels changing do, are there foods that you would particularly recommend for people to eat to help with that yeah i think there's a couple of things that i sort of particularly like to find. i think it's really important that people get um enough fiber in their diet i don't think i think you know um making sure lots of fiber because it's really important that you um but the way that we get rid of our excess hormones that we don't really want um, floating around in our body is by going for poo. But, so we need to get all of those, all of those uh, hormones out of you. So making sure that you're going, you know, that whole system is going really working well is really important. Um, I also think that sort of phytoestrogens are quite good at helping sort of they sort of mimic. I mean, it's not 
there's small, there, there is evidence in it, but you would have to eat quite a lot. But I don't think it really hurts to be adding these things into your diet anyway, because they are good for you anyway. But they have a sort of, they're like plant, they sort of mimic estrogen. They've got plant compounds that mimic estrogen. And they're particularly okay. useful in this period as well. Um, let me give you a, so sort of um, edamame beans, tempeh, soy products, chickpeas, barley, berries, apricots, green tea, all of those sorts of things are quite good for the sort of estrogenic, phytoestrogen type foods. Um, I also think generally just fruit and veg. <laughs> Everyone does yeah. more fruit and veg. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, again, because of um, the um, gastrointestinal and keeping everything moving. Um, yeah, there's lots of various foods that do lots of different things, but the fibre, I think, is probably one of my, my crucial ones. What about yeah. your cravings for sugar? Because people do crave that, you know, and also we tend to reward ourselves with it, don't we? So it's we like do. kids to bed, <laughs> nine o'clock, and I have to climb yeah. up some ladder to get to the sweet cupboard. So <laughs> that's okay. I really fancy it. So I'm like climbing up a ladder to try and reach a chocolate bar, which has been there or is an extra <laughs> egg or something ridiculous. Yeah. It's really hard, the sugar thing. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I haven't managed to work that one out fully myself. I think <laughs> because I am, I still also do reach for the sugar with, um, it's a very difficult one. But yeah, I think making sure to avoid the sugar, I think it's it really important to make sure that you're getting enough protein and good fat and good carbs for, well, not, I don't really like using good, but that sort of thing with each meal so that you feel full. Um, there is a link, I think, between progesterone and sugar. I can't remember the exact science of it off the top of my head, which isn't very helpful. I do apologise. Uh, but yeah, making sure you're eating regular, proper meals, I think, yeah. will help help avoid that. Um, but yeah, putting it out of reach, not having it in the house. That's sort of <laughs> I'm going to drop Dina in it now, actually, because she always gets <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. Is that bad to yeah. do? What do you do at breakfast, sorry? I'm a breakfast skipper Kirsty oh. and cats always need to have breakfast and I just am not hungry for breakfast. What about if you just had breakfast later? You don't have to have it as soon as you uh, I, do, I do do that. I, I eat when I'm hungry basically but it may be that it's not until 11 or 12 o'clock. Yeah. So there's a sort of, if you're not really hungry then I guess it's very very hard to make yourself eat but by missing out as well I have to sort of agree with Kat really where you miss where you miss out you've already then put your blood sugar balances you've already started yourself yeah. on that roller coaster so you've already get your blood sugar levels drop really low then you'll probably read maybe not the most healthiest breakfast and then you already start yourself on the roller coaster um, of blood, your blood sugar levels I do think it is really good to have sort of free proper meals a day and if you need to snack but I am a for three meals a day sort of person but everyone is different yeah I, I think probably I would say that I somewhat agree with that because uh, somewhat I say somewhat uh, because I think where I go wrong is I tend to eat in the evening yeah. too much mm. day is round and probably if I did the other thing that cat mags me about which is to sort of stop eating by about half seven or eight yeah then then I might actually be hungry in the morning you know who knows that's the other thing that you could do is you could sort of eat within an eight hour window which is a bit like inter intermittent fasting in a way but it gives back yeah. your digestive system a lot more time overnight to sort of relax and do what it needs to do 
and then you could try and move your meals slightly forward so that you are eating in the morning because then I think that does avoid you and also then if you've got a cut-off time and said I can't eat after seven o'clock it may be a bit that might help you to stop reaching for the snacks you'll have to get a hobby or something <laughs> yeah. knitting something to do with my hair yeah. <laughs> yeah cooking no that's not the kind of hobby that we think is a good one <laughs> It's interesting actually with the blood sugar levels because my son also, I noticed with him and obviously you see everybody so much more closely in lockdown. Yeah. If he doesn't get fed on time, it's mm. like, oh, very handy. Oh, oh God. And I'm yeah. just quickly, somebody get yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah. I've had many of an argument with my husband that's ended with me just going, will you just eat a sandwich? <laughs> men, men are more prone to that. I think definitely, aren't they? Yeah. They are, I think. But I think, well, they are in my house, but then I'm very outnumbered. But then I do think it does. I think maybe we suffer it, but not, maybe not quite as noticeable. Maybe we're, I don't know, a bit better at managing it slightly. But I do think it is that whole blood, you know, our roller coaster. Um, we do need to, our hormone is quite affected by sugar. So it is, very, it is a good thing to try and get on top of. I think you'd notice a real difference if you sort of stopped eating like food late in the evening. I think you've noticed quite quickly that you feel better. Yeah, I did a podcast last week with Dr. Nina actually, and she said it was okay to eat chocolate if you ate it straight away after your dinner. So yeah. that you had a few hours before bed, as opposed yeah. to eating at nine o'clock at night when you're really close to going to bed. She, she was yeah. like, you know, good quality chocolate, yeah. which again is actually a bit of a problem. <laughs> <for some people. laughs> you know, dairy milk, which isn't even called chocolate, creeps yeah. in doesn't it <laughs> it does yeah i think it's i'm of the because i've got because we have a lot of um i don't I mean the boys my eldest two run a lot they run for, for their county and their clubs and so they do oh. but just run through food you know yeah. they just eat so much so we do have like sweet treats in the house and whatever because they are doing enough exercise and enough, you know, exp expelling enough energy to have your biscuit. I'm not going to begrudge them that. But I do have to show great willpower to keep myself away from the biscuit cupboard. But then, you know, it's fun. life is for living, isn't it? It's all about... It's, you live with all males, don't you? Yeah, yeah, all males, yeah, all males. Lordy, that must be tricky. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which I think is very good. I think I am very good at making sure I tell them what I am going through. <laughs> Because they, <laughs> so if I'm, but particularly with the perimenopause and the menopause, I can't, ex they don't know, they're never going to experience it. So if they, if I don't tell them, I can't really expect them to know that I'm a big, but we all have to talk about it. <laughs> they don't you like funny alien looks from them. Well, what is that? <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. Like funny alien looks of like, I don't know what yeah. it is you're talking about at all. Yeah. We're not, oh, we're not talking about this at dinner, mum. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's important that they know. Also, they're going to hope, well, one day they might potentially live with another woman or they're going to have children or they might have daughters. And so I think it's important that they know what we have to go through. Definitely. Um, they don't have quite so much to deal with, I don't think, as us women do. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they just don't have the up and downs, do they, that, that we mm. have? I mean, I'm, I'm particularly um, experiencing that at the moment and all this, you know, around the hormones, getting the hormones in balance, getting the blood sugar levels in, blood, in balance is really topical for me at the moment because I think I'm really starting to feel those kind of age-related um, mm. changes. 
So just going back to something you mentioned before, you, did you met, did I hear you mention green tea being good for? Yeah, the- green tea is for phyto, it's a sort of phytoestrogenic properties again. So it is quite good. It's also, it also does have caffeine, so you do need to be a bit careful having it late at night. Because I mean, I, how, what sort of things have you noticed that, what sort of changes have you noticed that are causing the problems? Well, they're less physical, more emotional, probably. But yeah. um, the, the, the physical side of it, it, it are the cravings. And, you know, as, as we're saying, you know, as, as much I even say to my other half, like, if he has them in the house, they've got to be hidden. I, can't, I cannot know where they are. Because if I know yeah. where they are, I will go and root them out. And even sometimes yeah. I say, don't tell me. If I ask you where anything is, lie. And, te- you know, <laughs> say you have he can't lie. He can't even do that. <laughs> can't then I think you need to make sure that you're all, you try and have three proper meals every day that really do contain protein and good fat, plenty of veggies and sort of fiber. And, and I think you would feel more, you'd notice really quickly how you feel more stable and how you probably won't have the energy dips and then want to reach for sweet things. I think it would, yeah. I think you would notice. Also, don't say you can't have sweet things. Just sort of make sure the sweet things that you have offer you some sort of nutritional benefit as well. I always think that's quite good. Like dates. My favourite is um, dates stuffed with peanut butter and rolled in dark chocolate. <laughs> that's a really good snack. That you, and you can't, I mean, you. I can eat sweet things, but I'd be hard pushed to eat more than one of those because they're quite... I can do two. You can eat two. <laughs> So that's a really, then I think that is also at least offering you some sort of nutritional benefit as well. A bit like dark chocolate as well. Just make sure that, don't say you can't have it, just make sure the quality of it is, like you were saying earlier, with the dark chocolate. Um, but three proper meals a day, I, you would start to notice that your ups and downs would hopefully get less. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. And that actually comes back to something else that Kat is also very good at. God, I'm, I'm putting her up on this pedestal. Let me knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> but she's great at food planning and that's another thing is that yeah. something that you recommend to your clients food planning yeah we I mean we do it at home um we sit down well more but more so before lockdown we haven't been quite as good because it's obviously at the beginning it was harder to get food and it was a little bit of a pain but we're getting back into it now we sit down at the beginning of the week look at what everyone's doing for the week and plan the meals around that and make sure we've got all the food in and really do have a plan because it takes the it takes the it's very easy to just if you don't know what you're having that night and then you've not got the food in to make it it's very easy then to reach isn't it for something fish and chips your food bill must be astronomical it's really something something. (laughs) it's quite expensive and i'm thinking as well just because like if you don't have a food plan in your house yeah that amount of males in your house i mean it would be horrendous <laughs> yeah we do have to plan we're also planning we probably get a takeaway to be honest once a week 
you know, I think it's good to build, because I have these things, it doesn't matter to get a table in it. And usually that's pizza, because that's the most sort of amount of food that you can get in the kids, <laughs> the biggest food we can get in them. <laughs> build them up as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. But I think meal planning is really important. I think it's really oh, good. I think also if you could do things like make up a big batch of overnight oats or you know, boil some eggs or do a bit of food prep as well at the weekend to take the pressure off of the week. That takes your decision making away from you as well sometimes. So you've got the, you know, it's really easy because it's there for you already. You don't even have to think about it. Um, I think that's a good, good idea as well. We try and do that when we can. So Dina, are you going to eat breakfast? <laughs> um, I'm going to food plan first. Let's, we talked about small changes. Let's make it food plan. <laughs> <laughs> Small changes. The Small other thing with food planning, though, it reduces the cost of your shopping list. Actually, your food bill, because when you get yeah. when you don't food plan, you spend a lot of money, don't you? You do. Yeah. I think also we went through. I mean, we learned the hard way because we used to, when I was working um, in my previous job and in an office, and I quite often then stopped to get dinner at like co-op or Sainsbury's on the way home, and we'd be end up spending like in, like thirty quid a night. And I was thinking, no, this is not the most cost-effective way. <laughs> of doing this so no that's when we really started the planning and then you do you just get what you need don't you and you end up having slightly different things it's very easy to fall into a habit of having the same foods week in and week out isn't it um whereas if you sit down when you've got a bit of time to think about it you can try some new foods and new recipes what's your take on vegetarianism veganism um eating? I don't really I think veganism is fine as long as you're taking the right supplements. I think you do need to be very aware of your vitamin B12 and your calcium levels. Um, vegetarianism, I keep half thinking I might go that way, but I haven't quite got there yet because I do occasionally like a steak and <laughs> we eat quite a lot of chicken and turkey in this house. Um, yeah, I don't, have, I, I don't like anything that's too extreme and restrictive. I mean, I would never go vegan myself, and I wouldn't ever, I don't think I'd really encourage my children to go vegan particularly, but I, people, as long as people aren't restricting, as long as people are doing it for the right reasons, and it's not sort of disguising perhaps a eat at the start of an eating disorder, or, yeah, I think yeah. if people want to, then that's up to them. I do think you need to be really careful. Do you think we should have meat-free days? What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we try and have a couple. I mean, I've got big meat eaters. If I tried to take meat away in this house, there'd be some sort of riot. But <laughs> we do. <laughs> I do occasionally try and make some uh, sort of, if they want a spaghetti bolognese, I do try and slip some corn past them. But it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always work. I um, tried this new plant-based one, which my kids seem to love. And it's one that I bought in Waitrose. And I think there's, this is... Oh, I've seen that. White one. I can't remember what it's called now. Yes, I've seen they that. They love that. They absolutely they love that. And they don't even mind the bacon, which looks nothing like bacon. <laughs> it looks a bit like <laughs> ox tongue, I think. You know. Like, yeah, that's really strange looking. It doesn't even look like bacon. It looks <laughs> no. like a big cow's tongue. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, that looks more what, less appealing, sorry, doesn't it, than actual bacon, which is <laughs> really quite... Yeah. No, I think it's good to have plant-free days. I think it meets quite hard on your digestive system and it obviously can have other health impacts. It's definitely good to have meat-free. Uh, the soya products that are like that, are they okay to eat, do you think? Yeah, well, I think everything in moderation. Again, I think they are quite heavily processed, some of them. Um, 
but yeah i don't i don't eat a massive amount of them so i don't really feel i know enough about them to really say um but i think some of them is that you could keep it sort of as unprocessed as possible but i do think it's a good alternative and it's a good source of protein so i do think it's a good alternative to have um to meat occasionally there's so many nice vegetarian dishes now, isn't there? Oh, there are, yeah. I mean, yeah, there Dina, we eat quite a lot when we can see each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kat rustles up a, a fair few veggie-only meals, and then yeah. So, but just going back to something you mentioned when for vegans about taking supplements, are there supplements that you would recommend generally for? Um, women of a perimenopause or going back to the perimenopausal or menopause. Supplements are one of those things that I would never normally suggest without a full consultation but generally I think vitamin D um, is a big one and magnesium I don't think really hurts I think magnesium is a good one we need magnesium for so many different sort of bodily reactions and functions and things um, and also it's very calming on your nervous system um, Maybe a fish oil would be something else. I'd I'd say I'd sort of a blanket. You could could take those, but I apart from that, I wouldn't really suggest vitamins without first consultation. Just because also they're quite expensive, yeah. and I think people need to be taking the right things. Otherwise, it's just a bit pointless. Yeah. Do you take supplements yourself to keep? Oh, your... I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a huge list. <laughs> No, at the moment I'm taking a fish oil. I'm taking vitamin B6 uh, for my sort of nervous system type health because um, my anxiety seems to have got a lot worse during um, lockdown. Um, what else am I taking? Magnesium. Um, also, just lean you know, vitamin D. And I think that's it. Oh, and a probiotic for my gut health. I do take probiotic as well and sort of immune health and things, but yeah, that's it. Um, I have tried, when I was studying, I tried, I mean, every, when I was at college, every time the lecturer, we were all the same, every time the lecturer recommended a new supplement or said this was good for something, we all went out and bought it. So I've got a cupboard of thousands of <laughs> different supplements that I've not taken. <laughs> Just like me, I have got a whole raft of them. Look at the date and think, oh, I should have eaten, I shouldn't have taken these by 2017. Okay, we're now in 2020. I'll take them anyway, what I do. But I'm a bit, um, it's not that I'm skeptical. I think, uh, you know, I also think we should be taking some stuff because we can't get the nutrients from the food mm, so much yeah. these days. Because you read articles and it recommends this vitamin for this, and, the, and you think, my God, I'll be, I'll be taking them all day long so I suppose is the answer a multivit that covers you know a, a combined kind of I, I don't ever but I very rarely in fact I think only once have I ever suggested to a client because she didn't want to take various other tablets she was very specific that she just wanted to take one that she'd get a multivitamin I think multivitamins they might don't always have the right amount of nutrients that you'd need there's sort of like a small amount of lots of things rather than if you've got an issue with something you might like cramping or something you might benefit from magnesium but you might not really need all the others and then it just feels a bit sort of I don't know I tend to stay away from multivitamins also I think you can to get, to get a really decent one you'd have to spend quite a lot of money and I think most people do get what they need through food well 
hopefully most people yeah. do get what they need to so what I mean what do you do you tend to suggest multivitamins to people or do you I am um, I I got um homeopaths who at the beginning of lockdown because I was kind of like right no I want to stay well you know yeah. so I'm on actually I'm on vitamin E fish uh-huh. oil, vitamin yeah. C I'm on zinc yeah, yeah. Um, and a coenzyme 10 yeah. that's for heart stuff that I had going on previously yeah. so which yeah. actually I have to say is I used to have quite bad, bad palpitations due to this um, tablet that the hospital had me on um, like an anti-cancer drug thing and ever yeah. since I've been taking the coenzymes the palpitations have actually gone away it's been really <laughs> amazing and I think you're absolutely right. I think you have to know the right ones to take for you, don't you? Because a multivitamin, yeah. you're only going to get a tiny bit of everything as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's this, also it's this sort of thing. I think supplements can be really useful in specific conditions, but actually, it's good to know that if you did it with a, a health professional or someone who could get a nutritionist or you know, homeopath, at least they can guide you with what those nutrients are that can support you. I know from my anxiety that I'm taking ones that are specific to my anxiety and should in theory help me with my anxiety. I don't need to take, I think I'd probably get most of everything else I need from my diet anyway. Um, So yeah, I think it's good to do it with. Yeah, I think you definitely need to speak to somebody like you or like you say, like Mm -hmm. somebody who's professional with it. I think the problem is that people read magazines sometimes, you know, there's always different articles coming out. And then the problem is, unlike you know conventional medicine you could just walk into a health shop and then oh I'm gonna get that today because the magazine told me to get that yeah and that really isn't the way that you should shop for supplements is it you really I've found actually since I've been taking vitamin E that's made a massive difference to my energy actually you know just just different things like that I also and the one other thing that I do take I do I take that black cumin seed oil as well Mm. with a little bit of manuka honey because that helps with um sort of my inflammation that I've had in the past yeah that's interesting no no I said yeah I think you're right I think it's very uh very easy to get carried away and I mean I do it myself I even do it myself when I'm reading magazines I think oh maybe I need to and then I'm not like no Bessie you don't Yeah, that way. And I do think people should probably take it a bit more seriously, though, shouldn't they? In terms yeah. of, because like Dina, as an example, I'm going to say, is like you've got a cupboard full of stuff, haven't you? And then you, you've got the good intention to take it, and then you'll have one or two and you go, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think you need to take them for a good amount of time to really see any difference. Yeah. You, can't, you need to. How long need... do you think you should take them for? I think you're probably, I think to see any sort of change with your health long term, in my experience, you're sort of not going to see any changes for sort of four to six weeks, I don't think, without, I mean, you, there, there are some things that you will feel hugely, like if you drink eight cups of coffee a day and you suddenly got rid of that, you would notice that quite quickly that you feel better. But I think with supplements and trying to make sort of more subtle nutrition changes, I think it probably does take maybe four to six weeks. Yeah. I don't know. This is the sort of I wouldn't. I don't say to my clients, "You're not going to see. You're not going to get results overnight." This is a process that you have to, you know, really try and commit to and try and stick at, and then you'll feel you will start to see the differences. But it is going to take a good few weeks before you do. Yeah, yeah that's right. And Kirsty, you mentioned um, probiotics as well. So, do you do you also um, have fermented foods in your diet to get 
I don't because I don't like them, which is really annoying because I know how good they are. But my husband eats sauerkraut by the bucket full, which is <laughs> very good. But I can't seem to like them. So no, that's one of those things that I'm not very good at. I'm afraid. But I do think they're very good for you. Oh God, I love pickles. Anything pickled, anything. Yeah, pickled. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying to give, like, make myself like my sister said to me the other day. You need to try something 15 times until you like it. So I'm making a real commitment. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I'm just trying it. <laughs> like your dinner time, you're just like yeah, yeah, just forcing it in. <laughs> I'll like it eventually. It's <laughs> quarantine. You're like day three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say that you struggle with sleep, actually, don't you? Yeah. What what do you do to try and make that better? Well, I am currently, so I'm taking my magnesium and B6 and I'm sort of trying to, to calm my nervous system that way. I am also making sure if I have coffee, well I do, well I definitely do have coffee. When I have coffee, should I say, I have it, uh, I have like a cup in the morning, maybe a second cup in the morning, but very much in the morning. Um, I try not to have, which has been quite hard in lockdown, we don't, you know, the alcohol is generally is a stimulant so I've been trying to watch that and not drink quite as much I did go into the lockdown habit of drinking quite a lot during <laughs> when it first started but I've that back in again now because that uh, you know the first drink help makes you fall asleep but then it ultimately you will wake up again and not sleep very well um yeah and it's about stress management I know it's I know it's anxiety and I know it's related to things that are going on in you know my life and I don't know if you all had those really vivid dreams at the start of lockdown that everyone was <laughs> yeah I'm still getting those um so yeah I'm it's I mean, it's stress management but it's just trying to fix it exercise is another thing I'm sort of quite wary of as well and trying to keep making sure my um diet is good without being really hardcore but is as good as it can be so in terms of the situation at the moment I think you know we don't know what's going to happen in winter, do we? We don't know if this is coming back. Nobody knows anything because actually no. the information is very mixed right now. People are okay at the moment, but they are starting to worry about, and I think people will start to worry again in winter. But it is really important that we have to look after our immunity, isn't it? Would, yeah. what, what would you suggest to people to start looking after their immunity? So I think it's, I think vitamin D is very um, important that people are still taking that. I know the um, Public Health England did say that we should be taking it whilst in lockdown, but I don't know they specified how long for. Um, so we should certainly be taking that in the winter months, not now so much, I suppose, although I still take mine. Um, I think immune health, I think probiotic is also quite good. It's making sure that you're getting enough fruit and veg in um, and looking after your sort of gut health and your digestive health because that's all linked to your immune health. Um, yeah, vitamin C rich foods because that, you know, your adrenals, glands, and everything. Yeah, just starting to really look after your immune health, really. Just taking care of yourself. I think it's making yourself a priority to take care of yourself is really important. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, because I think, like you say, you've been struggling with sleep during this time. Yeah because of anxiety and stuff and I, I you know you're not alone on it I think a lot of people <laughs> have been doing that and I think you know um but again because we're in this kind of like goldfish bowl of living we're we are getting into those sort of bad habits which is what we talked about earlier but those are the things we have to proactively take sm small steps to change aren't yeah. they yeah yeah they are and I think if we start taking yeah I think obviously our immune systems are going to become it's going to be really hard, I think, to because people are going to get colds, aren't they? And coughs and not know whether it's what they've got. And it's all going to, be, I think then that's going to bring with it anxiety and 
health problem, uh, you know, and people have become anxious and stressed about that. So I do think, yeah, let's make some small changes to your diet to support your immune health and to support your mental health going forward. It's definitely something that we could be starting now in the summer months yeah. to then provide us with the sort of base level that we need for the winter months. Yeah, and I think like with like Dina talking about perimenopause and that, and that, that's kind of another added thing. You've got that worry, you know, hormone health to worry about, but you've yeah. got to try and keep on top of that for the winter months too, haven't you? Yeah, but also I think so much of it all comes back to a really good foundation and like the basics. And so I think if you just make all these changes, like all do make, have sort of three meals a day, make sure you're getting your fiber in, make sure you're getting protein with each meal, make sure you're getting your good fats. And then that basically puts you in good stead for all of the things that we've spoken about, doesn't it? It sort of does support your hormone health and it does support your immune health and it will look after your nervous system um, as well. So yeah, just trying to get the good foundations in place now, it will be good for everything going forward. So this is the bit where I normally say, what tools would you leave the audience? I'm actually going to say to you, what tools would you leave Dina to go off and tell you now? <laughs> right, Dina. <laughs> we want a really good, I think, what do you need to do? You need to be working on, what tools did you say? Yeah, what would you say is her takeaway from this chat? What yeah, so I think you need to write, really focus on making sure you have proper meals, that are actually filling you up. I think people often, coming back up, uh, earlier to um, the sugar as well, I think people also undereat at mealtimes and then are hungry because they think for some reason that they shouldn't be eating as much. Whereas have a proper meal and then you may not feel hungry anyway. So we want a good meal with fiber, protein, um, good fat, a real sort of com complex carbohydrate, three proper meals a day, drink lots of water, and maybe do some exercise and make sure you take your vitamin D. <laughs> okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I'll check back in with you in a month and see how you're getting on. <laughs> Not just a coffee for breakfast then, no? <laughs> <laughs> no. And always water before you have your coffee. Hydrate before you caffeinate. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good hydrate before you caffeinate. Yes, <laughs> always. Yes, ma'am. I will be checking. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think you should send your first food planner to Kirsty. Yeah, that's a good plan. Oh yeah, you're going to do your food. I've forgotten you were doing that. Yes, get your meal plans done as well. Okay, I'm on it like a car bonnet. You don't have to have lots of. You don't have to have a massive breakfast. Just have something. Yeah, something. You think you should do a bit of journaling as to see how it, if it changes her moods <laughs> yes see i don't <laughs> mood yeah i'm thinking i might start getting into journaling myself do you journal Kat? yeah i journal do i do, do you at night you do it at night and do yeah, you and do I might do it first thing in the morning if i'm up at five i'll start doing it do and how, how long have you done do you find that helps with yeah it helps me it helps with anxiety actually yeah um because it's the first thing and it's funny actually if you do it really first thing in the morning and you just write stuff down without even really thinking about it it's interesting what kind of you write down because yeah. that's quite awkward i think for some people because when i first started doing it, i was like uh i don't know what i'm gonna write down because i've just woken up but then once yeah. i start getting into it things just naturally it's almost like your subconscious you know you just write down like blah, blah, blah. but mostly then i i I, it's a reminder to me of what I've got and what I'm grateful in this sort of moment. And I know it sounds spiritual. I'm a bit of a spiritual person. No, I think, no, I think that's really good. And maybe Dina and I should, will start this and we'll have to check back in with each other for, 
because I think it's really good. I think it's really easy to see what you've got around you, isn't it? So to forget what you've got going on around you, I think sometimes it is quite good to bring it all back to. I was thinking about doing it last thing at night. Someone was saying something, just write down three things you're grateful for. Yeah, I use this um, app actually called Five Minute Journal thing. Oh, okay. And it's really good because what you do, you can take a picture of that day, then you write down just three things. Yeah. And then at night, so that it's, it's morning, and then at night it shows you three things again for the night time, which is good. Um, cool. But that's, yeah, yeah, journaling is really good. Um, Kirsty, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, you've helped us so much, and I think Dina's had a full consultation today. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I joined. <laughs> and, you know, all your advice. And are you running any more workshops? Not imminently, but I hopefully will do at some point going forward. I'm going to um, have a holiday next week. We're going camping and then um, we'll come back a bit more refreshed and ready to go. Oh, that's good. And where, if somebody wants to book an appointment with you, um, find some of your advice, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at, at Kirsty Harrison Nutrition and my website is kirstyharrisonnutrition.co.uk. Thank you so much, Kirsty. You've been a really, really Thank brilliant guest. So informative. I think I, I could keep going actually, but I realise <laughs> I need to go. Um, I think you're as well right now. No, so hot. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. It's been loads of fun. Ah, uh, no. And also, anybody who wants to look for Kirsty, you can also find her on the WorldLifeTribe.com website too. Um, but do go and check out her posts. They're really interesting. You do take some gorgeous pictures of food also, which I'm always. <laughs> It was funny because I didn't know you. I was like, oh, that looks nice. Oh, that looks very nice. <laughs> I think that's why I feel like I know you. I've connected through food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Dina, also want to thank you for coming on to co-host. Being my pleasure. Thank you very much. And I've learned loads. So um, thank you, Kirsty. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye.